There was an idea. The idea was to bring together a group of remarkable people and see if they could become something more. See if they could work together when we needed them to fight the battles we never could. That's Nick Fury from The Avengers. That's, uh, have you seen oh, that movie? Oh, neat, yes. Yeah, I've seen it once, and, I think. Yeah, un, un, uh, unrelated to anything happening today. Uh, hello. <laughs> hello. How's it going? Good, I'm having an extraordinary day. Are you? I guess. Wow, that's, uh, yeah. how gentlemanly of you. <laughs> Yes, I'm uh, in a league of my own. Yeah, well, we might as well quit because it's uh, <laughs> it's not, it's not going to get any better than this. No, at this point. and we've got no more kind of jokes to make about the title. We covered them all. Hmm. Yeah. Welcome to the show. We've got another year in film episode. This year was 2003. And yep, we had a vote. And I'm trying to remember. I'm going to scroll down to see what the options were again. We had. Wow. You don't remember? I do. Well, I remember mine. I remember Bruce Almighty. Oh, ouch. <laughs> I remember yours because it was this film. I don't remember. Oh, okay. So here it is. I've got. This is the one I couldn't remember. Here's all four. So I've got the core. I've got How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Those two were kind of dead in the water. It was really between League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and Bruce Almighty. Both had a relatively solid following, but League of Extraordinary Gentlemen really pulled away with the popular vote and the Patreon vote really blew it out of the water. Uh, which is interesting to me um, because this movie, like, if we're going off Rotten Tomatoes... Yeah. This movie got poo-pooed on pretty hard. <laughs> really? Uh, well, it has a tomato meter score of 17. <laughs> and an audience score of 44, which is, okay. I mean, is higher. Yeah. But, yeah. Huh. That's pretty brutal. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it sucks. Um... <laughs> But yeah, we'll get into whether that's uh, that's a justified score or not. Um, yeah. Yeah. You've seen this movie before? I've seen it once. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Long time ago, more recently? You know, I'm going to tell my one exposure to this film. And we'll get into, I want to, when we get into the meat and we're going to do trivia, we're going to get into the meat, meat and potatoes of this film. I want to know what your exposure was and what your thoughts of this film were. So maybe we can tie those together in a minute okay but my okay. one exposure to this film gosh it's been years i might even say in the range of like five to ten closer to ten and i so this film we'll talk about what i gave it because i get, tried to view it objectively but this film has a very nostalgic connection to me and so i will always have trouble critiquing it to the or praising it to the full degree that it's worthy because of that nostalgia. So I watched this film randomly, just on a whim, with my wife. But at the time, she wasn't my wife. She wasn't even my girlfriend. We were just two homies hanging out. And wow. If that doesn't speak to the power of this film. 
the end credits rolled up and I was like, let's get married. And she said, yeah, she was, she was so overwhelmed <laughs> by the no. prospect that maybe, maybe Sean Connery's character wasn't actually dead. That she was just like, <laughs> oh yeah. She was like, no. Pete, <laughs> carry me over the threshold, sir. Yeah. Yeah. No, we watched this and um, watched this film and her dad walked in while we were watching it and did did pull the Brady and did a Sean Connery impression and started going a league of an extraordinary gentleman and just started talking like Sean Connery. And I I laughed. I laughed a lot, probably laughed more than I should have. But I, I just had fun at that moment, had fun watching that film, or at least I remember having fun. And that was my experience walking into it this week when I watched it again. I was curious to see how it would hold up. And? I'll get into that later. What, what, what I, the order of proceedings I'd like is we'll do some trivia, and then I okay, want okay. your feelings. All right. Yeah. So, my question is one question. And I think you know the answer, but it, I still want to ask it just in case you don't. And just in case the audience doesn't know, I think it's worthy of knowing, or at least it's worthy right. of chit-chatting about. So, yeah, yeah. is most people know, or at least some people know, this was the final live-action role for Sean Connery before he retired in 2006. Mm-hmm. So, leading up to this role, which, leading up to his... Oh, go ahead. Which, yeah. really, technically, he retired in 2003 then, but... Right, exactly. I mean... I didn't look. I'm assuming he must have been a voice in something, and that's why... Was he the voice in From Russia With Love, the video game? Like, is that what they're saying yeah, he did? Yeah, I was thinking that's probably the only thing that... You yeah, know. yeah. So, I, I'd say this is pretty much the last acting role. I, I, I'm okay calling it. Um, leading up to this role, leading up to his final role in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, he turned down a role, turned down a couple roles, actually. So, I'm going to list three roles for you and he turned down two of them one of them is just a red herring it's it's not true it's not based on anything other than just me randomly throwing something on a page so you got to tell me which were the roles he actually turned down can you do that for me i know one for sure without you even giving me options okay okay well i'm gonna give some options and i'm not sure the other one okay the first is he turned down a role in the matrix trilogy Ooh, as Morpheus? <laughs> we'll talk about it once you guess. Or Neo. <laughs> is, is... <laughs> or the Oracle. <laughs> is Agent Smith. Oh, yeah. Boy. Ooh. Ooh. I just don't want to be a part of this system anymore. <laughs> okay. The second. Hello, so... Mr. Anderson. <laughs> Welcome back. We've missed you. <laughs> I'm I'm impressed not only with the accent, but I'm impressed how many lines from the Matrix you just remember off the top of your head. That's impressive. Oh yeah, Agent it's, Smith is like the bet. He's so good. He's pretty badass. Um, the, so the first option, he turned down a role in the Matrix trilogy. The second option, he turned down a role in the Pirates of the Caribbean series. Ooh. As, the, uh, yeah, 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 okay. Hmm. Is, is Orlando Bloom's character, obviously. Yeah, well, I was thinking as Miss Swan, but... 
<laughs> How many times, anticip- Will, must I tell you to call me Elizabeth? <laughs> I wasn't anticipating laughing so much during this question. It was supposed to be serious. Um, the third and final option, he turned down a role in The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. So, 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 so I know just to clarify, one, just to clarify of. again, one of these is a red herring. Two of them are true that he turned down. Okay. Um, so I know for sure that he turned down a role in the Lord of the Rings. Hmm. Okay. Um, he was supposed to, or, you know, had the potential to play Gandalf. Sure. Um, but he, I think famously, like, I think I watched an interview with him and he was like, yeah, I got it. Um, and I just didn't understand. <laughs> I just didn't understand it. Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, I just didn't understand the role. I didn't understand the film. I didn't think audience would audiences would get it. Mm. I just thought that it was a bad idea overall. <laughs> and so he turned it down. Uh, and yeah. So, so, and, so and, stop- and was on record saying that it was like a big effing mistake. <laughs> like he acknowledges... Right. That it was a boneheaded move. So so um, I'll tell you right off the bat, that is one. That obviously, Gandalf was, like you said, the, the role he could have played. And it was crazy. Like, I'm not sure the exact figure, but they gave some estimates and just like the amount of money he passed up in. And at that point in your career, it's not really about the money. It's more just about playing a substantial role and having like a meaningful part. He did pass on a big part. I think it was probably for the best. I don't know if it was for his skill set to play Gandalf, but that is one of them that he passed up. Right. Um, hmm. I don't think Pirates of the Caribbean. Hmm. I just can't picture who he would have played. Eh? Um, yeah. And especially eh? by that point, like, because yeah. uh, Curse of the Black Pearl came out. Oh, same year. Same year as this one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, really? 2003. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with, I, I think I've heard the matrix at one point. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go with the matrix. I think they probably wanted him to play Morpheus. (laughs) So it was the matrix. It was not Morpheus. It was, uh, the architect who doesn't show up till the second film. And I I forget if he's in the third film or not, but it was the second film that he's for sure, I guess would have been in if he had accepted the role of the architect so he passed up on the matrix passed up on lord of the rings and uh yeah you nailed it that's good so i have in my knowledge bank so i didn't Mm. know about that i have in my knowledge bank four other major roles that sean connery turned down oh wow and i and i could share those with you if, if you care i i would like you to um, so because they weren't willing to pay him enough, mm-hmm. Sean Connery did not appear as John Hammond in Jurassic Park. <laughs> what? What? Oh, <laughs> I don't, I don't see it. Classic because actor. He didn't, I don't see it. Because he didn't want to do kids movies. He didn't appear as Dumbledore in Harry Potter. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. He just got into the whole wizard gig, apparently. That's 
Yeah, that's a trend I'm noticing him. here. Um, he turns down playing uh, Simon Gruber in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Oh, man. Because uh, he thought the villain was too evil. Okay. Uh, and then I don't know the reason, but he he passed on playing Rick Dickard in Ridley Scott's Blade Runner movie. Mm. I haven't seen, so I can't comment, but, but interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I've built an island. It's a bit of a, it's a bit of a nature reserve, actually. <laughs> Pretty interesting on those first I'll ones, though, you. that I can comment on. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The only thing I'll finish it off with, just related to League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, he obviously did accept this. Uh, apparently, his wage was pretty hefty, though, contextually or proportionately to the film. And uh, as a result, the filmmakers had not much flexibility to attract other high-profile stars for the cast just because that ate up a lot of that budget as far as acting accordingly, apparently. Oh, okay, yeah. Sure. All right. Mm-hmm. So um, I am curious, I am curious because I think, if I read the tea leaves correctly, I think, obviously, you, you chose this film for the vote, so you had some interest either way to talk about it. But I, if I read the tea leaves correctly, I think you wanted this to win. And I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts of this film were or why you wanted it to win. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm, it's a bit of a bitter topic because if you lead, read the tea leaves correctly, you'll actually see that uh, that I have the grim, but... What? But that's okay. Oh, I see. Really? You've forgotten? Sh- shall we go back and do I need to play some Harry Potter rap recaps for you? Oh, right. Sorry. Because I can do that. <laughs> Professor Trajani. Yeah, yeah. You know, you have to. Is that, is that in the volume one or volume? That'd be the volume one rap, right? The Deathly Hallows? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. All I know is that record went platinum. Um,. <laughs> Yeah, okay, so, I mean, I I saw this movie probably not long after it came out. Um, cool. I've been aware of this film pretty much its whole existence. Um, it and Medicine Man were my two childhood exposures to Sean Connery. Um, Interesting. So, th- so, this film is a part of my Sean Connery uh, fandom. Right. So like I, I grew up with, you know, if, if I was quoting him as a kid, it was saying lines like too soon, but that was bloody close and at 500 yards too. Right. Like that was, that would, those were the lines that I was, that I was practicing stuff like that stuff. Like if you can't do it with one bullet, don't do it at all. Right. That was, that was, that was my, that was my childhood. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I definitely wanted this movie to win. I wanted to go back. It had been a really long time since I'd seen it and I had fond memories of it. Um, but I was also aware that the industry as a whole does not have fond memories of it. Um, but then seeing everyone else vote for it made me optimistic. Um, but uh, yeah, so I was curious to go back and watch it and get a feel for was is is my love for this movie misplaced Mm. um 
And I'm happy to announce that I don't think it is. Okay. Um, I think the movie's a lot of fun. Sure. I mean, you've got, you know, it's, it's basically the Avengers. <laughs> right? right. It's basically, okay, we, we got to get this team together of a bunch of crazy badasses that all kind of exist on their own. We have Alan Quartermain. Uh, and they're all like 18th century literacy characters, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. We have Alan yes. Quartermain. We have uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Mm -hmm. We have uh, Mina Harker, the, the you know, vampire hunter um, who worked alongside Van Helsing. But then Dracula was like obsessed with her. Um, and although she was trying to kill him, he was mm. like, Mina, I want to be with you forever. Like, yeah, it was mm. like, he was obsessed with her. Um, we have an incarnation of the Invisible Man. Right. And we for have like... Legality re reasons, they I think they called him an invisible man to just not infringe on any yeah, copyright issues. Rodney Skinner, I don't know if that's the original. Like in this one, they yeah. were kind of talking about like, well, yes, I have heard of that, but didn't that guy die? And they're like, well, yeah, <laughs> he did, but his process didn't. I stole it. Yeah. And now I'm using it for myself so I can steal goodies from all the, you know. Um <laughs> You have him, you have Dorian Gray, mm. um, and you have Captain Nemo, uh, and Tom Sawyer, who Tom I did Sawyer. not realize until this viewing that Special Agent Sawyer was Tom Sawyer. That's so that actually, kind I of also had that in common thing. with you. I didn't notice it till this viewing, and I went, oh. Yeah, and I was like, ooh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's spicy. Um... <laughs> So yeah, so I mean, and it's just a lot of fun, right? You see, mm. you see you've got vampires, you've got it's just, you know, oh, and then and then sort of a phantom-esque dude who's your main villain mm. who turns out to be the guy who hired you. Which mm -hmm. is giving, uh, which is giving Sean Connery major PTSD from the last time he took orders from a guy named M. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and who turns out to be Moriarty. Yes. Um, yeah. Wow. And so that's kind of fun. And then it you is. realize that this whole, this whole movie, this whole conundrum exists because Sherlock Holmes is not doing his damn job. <laughs> if Holmes was keeping his nemesis in check, mm. we, we wouldn't have this, we wouldn't have this situation. Sure. Um, but listen, uh, I feel the same way now as I feel, as I've always felt. This is another case of a film mm -hmm. that probably for box office reasons, nobody even talked about Nobody considered, nobody, nobody raised an eyebrow at the idea of a sequel. Right. But my God, this film lends itself to a sequel. 
you know, yeah, with a, a sequel with Connery because we're what's that that bullshit cliffhanger ending? Yeah, where Africa wouldn't let him die, and there's like the African witch doctor who's who's working the mojo <laughs> over right. the, and all of a sudden, you know, the dirt's shaking, and you're like, oh shit, he's coming back, sweet. Um, <laughs> he's coming back for blood. He's coming back, man. And then there's all kinds of like, because there was comics. Um, like, I don't know if you know this, mm. but the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen um, is based off of a comic series. I only found this out within the past week. So I kind of knew, I knew, but just only recently. Right. So Ronnie Skinner, do, 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 John Carter. Like from the John Carter movie that we got from Disney. Mm. Um, hang on. Jump to the to to do uh characters. Characters in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Uh Ishmael do to do to do Griffin Emma Knight. There's others that they can there's others that they can pull from. Mm. Um and really, I mean, even if you weren't wanting to stay um, even if you weren't wanting to stay completely true to the source material, there's all kinds of other people who you could have brought into this. Sure. Yeah, you could. From from the same era of literature, right? There's enough of those, like, you know, the Wolfman and, and shit like that. There's so much that you <laughs> could bring into these comics or in, mm. into these movies. Um, and just kind of make them this big exploration of, um, you know, of, of 18th century literature. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, no, I think this movie's great. I think it deserves, um, oh yeah, see, at one point, uh, the, the Gulliver from Gulliver's Travels, he makes an appearance in the in the books hmm. um but do you know what i mean like you could have you know you could have victor frankenstein a part of this you could have or not even victor but you could just have igor right you could have sure. like all of these all of these characters um you could have Sherlock Holmes show up or even just, again, if you want to go obscure, you could have John Watson show up. You could mm, have, right. Um, uh, 18th, 1800s book characters. <laughs> Anyways, it, it yeah. deserves a sequel. It could. Right? Yeah. You could have, you could have, you could have, um, Captain Ahab. Sure. Oh God, oh, yeah, Captain yeah. Ahab. That would have been, that's so cool and and mm. totally fitting that the guy's like, the guy's kind of a badass. He's a little bit terrifying. He's super obsessed. He would make a mm. great, he'd make a great character. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm just, I think that's my biggest complaint. I, you know, we should have had a sequel going back and watching it i think it's exciting i think it's fun the knotless is huge we looked at i looked it up and it's like twice the length the titanic was um oh wow and uh which makes it like just kind of seem impractical at that point 
Um, this is the submarine but, you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, Captain Nemo's Very much. Submarine. Like, I mean, when they're strolling, not strolling, when they're cruising around in Venice, I feel like they did more da- architectural damage than the actual terrorists did. <laughs> Possibly. Um, yeah. But, um, and you know what? With a few exceptions, with a few exceptions... Uh, and even then, they're not consistent exceptions. They just show up periodically. I would say the effects, the visual effects in this movie hold up. Oh, wow. You know, there's a couple of shots of Jekyll and and we'll call him bad guy Jekyll that are a <laughs> little screwy. But all of the stuff with the Invisible Man and... Um, Briefly, Dorian Gray's transition into dead Dorian Gray is a little janky. Um, but it's 2003. Yeah. You know, this is 18 years ago. Oh, don't remind me. And so, um, which is also crazy to me that we've done, you know, we've done like 17 of these. Yeah. These yeah, you know, year by year episodes, um, right. but yeah, it, I given the fact that it's two thousand three, there was there was a couple moments where it's like, oh, it's a little funny looking, uh, but there was nothing <laughs> that was like jarringly bad. There was nothing that was like, oh, this is terrible. This is why mm. does this look like this? Mm. Um, yeah, there was nothing that was even by to, even by the standards that my brain has from watching CGI nowadays. Mm-hmm. There was nothing that was jarringly bad to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's you, that's my take. That's your take. Okay, I I respect what you're saying. I would probably disagree with what you're saying, at least to the degree of it holding up. So. It, I do find it interesting, and I, I made a list of this because I wouldn't have gotten all the references. I knew some, but it draws on a lot of works, like you said, of H.G. Wells, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, Ian Fleming, Oscar Wilde, Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe, and just like we found out just this week, Mark Twain with Tom Sawyer. But my my interest was peaked when I started watching it, and to say the first 10 minutes, I was like, oh boy, like pull up the popcorn, I'm I'm ready. And then I would say as I watched it, there was a bit of a lull throughout parts of it bridging to the end. And I, I, I immediately thought of a comparable, which I'd like more, which then made me, made me critique this one a little bit harder. And I think a better example, or at least a film that I like more as a comparable that covers a lot of the same things that covers the world verging on war and specifically James Moriarty, is the 2011 Sherlock Holmes Game, Game of Shadows. It has better effects. The, I would say the character development is better. The Robert Downey Jr. and other star power is greater. I, to me, the soundtrack is superior. And the, the biggest clincher for me is just from beginning to end, I'm, I was more captivated in that than I was League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. There was just something that I kind of got lost in at parts where I would just kind of like lose a little bit of interest that I don't know if it was too many tangents or taking too long to connect the dots. I'm not sure if it was just 
one thing specifically with all these cool characters, and maybe this is part of my interest that was waning, for the example of, say, Dorian Gray, I thought the premise of him, I'm not too familiar with him outside of this film, so there, there's just this whole backstory of him, of how he has this portrait and how it's this downfall if he looks at it, and I just find it so captivating, so interesting, and it really... It's really just like the beginning scene of him where we see him getting shot and then healing immediately from it. And this conclusion of him looking at this picture and then deceasing from it. And if there was just a bit more delving into each of these characters, I think I maybe could have been more interested and captivated. But really, it it kind of just kind of skimmed a little bit on each character and not to a degree that I was invested enough. And it really, the only person that we got... I remember depth on was Sean Connery's character, Mr. Quartermain, about his son dying and him being pissy at the country of Britain. But even then, I, like, there wasn't a whole lot of growth with Quartermain. Like, he really, his outlook towards women on endeavors wasn't really the best as far as respecting well, I mean, it's women. Sean Connery. <laughs> there was a bit of like the pot acting the kettle black or whatever I don't know what you'd call it in that case but yeah there was when he was saying all these things about women not being should not be involved in all these missions I was like oh come on and he I think he changed a little bit by the end of the film because he respected her to some degree but I didn't see a lot of growth and a lot of change character wise and so there was I, I think there was just a lot of things where there's a lot of potential here but it wasn't really ignited in a way that really cap- captured me like it was in Sherlock Holmes' games of Game of Shadows. I know in some ways it's apples and oranges, but in some ways it just takes the concepts that I'm interested in and propels them a bit further. Um, I do feel... The CGI, I think, I agree and disagree. I think it's a tale of two cities. There's some scenes where I honestly thought, wow, this is painfully awful when this submarine is introduced to us when some of Venice was collapsing. But I will admit there were some scenes where I thought this isn't as bad as some people are saying, where we saw skylines of London, where we saw like the invisible man, I think was flawless. I didn't have a problem with him in any scene. So I would say there it's true and false. I think a lot of people say that CGI doesn't hold up. I'd say it does and it doesn't. And you know what? Can you whitewash and say, Hey, it's 2003 live and let die like forget it maybe maybe not if it really bothers you so i'm kind of on the fence with that it doesn't age well but you got to give it a pass to some degree um but yeah just i the film didn't didn't really do as much as i thought it did in my memory and as much as i think it could if that makes sense that's fair that's fair um yeah and you know what i enjoy it but i don't enjoy it you know, like there's some films we would watch and I would feel a pull to change, try to change your view on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just not there. I mean, yeah. Yeah. you know, I enjoy this movie, but I'm okay if nobody else enjoys it. I'm not, <laughs> right. Um, right. you know, I, I, yeah. You know, if you told me, if you were, if you were to be like, oh, well, Edward Scissorhands is a bad movie. Well, I'd fight <laughs> you on that. I would say like, right. Your opinion is wrong, <laughs> right. um, but you know here it's like it's you know it's 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 just not for you, um, mm. and and I think that's that's totally cool. Um, you know I think it's a fun world that they've set up. Right. Um, it's a shame. 
it's a shame in my opinion that we never got more well Um, that's the thing that was always question like i've always questioned or has always stumped me was what was the significance of this final scene because is it just supposed to be ambiguous and open-ended that maybe he's coming back, maybe he's not? But the the fact that there was never a sequel then kind of also kind of added to that question in me that what was the intent with this? So I've, I've always wondered, but it is surprising that there was never a sequel. Yeah, and I've looked online for, um, for hints that there was maybe a canned sequel, and I couldn't find anything. Um, mm. There was a canned reboot in 2015. Oh, um, okay, yeah. But I like I couldn't even see anything as far as casting decisions, so I don't know how far that got. Sure. But um Yeah, I don't know. Uh I do like Game of Shadows. I think it's an entirely, you know, I I don't necessarily think it's apples to apples here. Um For sure. You know, not being cuz this I mean, this is an ensemble film. Yeah. Whereas yep. Game of Shadows wasn't, it was very much a, a Sherlock Holmes film. Um, and I think I think it speaks more to maybe what I was interested in because I think if I was going into it with I think a fair analogy that you gave that say this is an Avengers film, then that would have me kind of grappling at different different topics. But because I was intrigued by the hey we're on the verge of war and some literary characters, I think that's why I was honing in on what I was honing in on. But I think you're fair to to a degree. It really is apples and oranges to a a degree, but I did. That is where my mind went just because I I was interested in that. I think potentially I'm just a sucker for ensemble films. I mean, you know, so spoilers for the terrible Tom Cruise mummy movie. Um, right. But, uh, despite that film being hot trash, (laughs) um when when russell crowe shows up as dr jekyll oh okay yeah i had this moment of like whoa like you know because at that point they were still trying to get like their dark universe their the universal monster universe up and running with like dracula untold and this and then like a wolfman movie and and stuff and it just kind of crumbled now they're i think they're they've sort of mostly abandoned that idea and they're just going to do a bunch of standalone stuff yeah um, it would seem the invisible man was kind of sort of supposed to be a part of that i not really who knows um mm-hmm. yeah but yeah uh so i just love ensemble films i love easter <laughs> eggs like that i love you know, the fact that this world exists. I love that, we, you know, when Alan Quartermain first arrives in London and, and someone says, oh, you know, you made it an impeccable time, Mr. Quartermain. And he says, uh, he, is, he says something about, well, oh, not compared to, not compared to Phineas Fogg, around the world in 80 days. Can you believe that? Right. Mm, and it was like, yeah. oh, wow. Like this is another thing that happened and existed inside this, this world inside this universe that they have right that that Mm -hmm. book is also being taken seriously that that's that's a part of this um so all of that like i just find that stuff really exciting and and such a rich potential just full of full of fun easter eggs Mm. yeah but yeah yeah um i mean sean connery's great in this movie 
I think. You know, and, I you have know, to admit, you like he really, he really is. We, we, we were talking about him quite a bit in, in the beginning and having some laughs, but he is, for for this film, he, he's actually pretty respectable. And uh, it, it's not the same. I didn't have the same experience as you. It was, this was my role. If it, or this is his role that I grew up with. That would probably fall into the Indiana Jones Last Crusade. That would probably be my equivalent. But definitely... Definitely a solid role. Definitely a solid acting feat in his in his resume, and is kind of like the final final uh, role he he acted in. Yeah, it's very solid. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think the fighting in this movie is actually really good. I think there's a lot of fun action. I think there's, I would agree that some is good. I think that's where some parts I got lost in just because, I don't know, I, maybe just, I'm not a huge Jekyll and Hyde fan, so I think specifically his fighting scenes near the climax, I was just a little, okay, we get it, you're big, you have someone else who also is like you, you're fighting, let's kind of wrap this up. So there were some fighting sequences that I, I was just kind of over, I was ready to move on, but there were some that were intriguing kind of like the long kind of landscape shooting scenes at the beginning and the end. And there were, there were some things that I, I was interested in, but some I was, I did not need. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, overall it looks like, you know, it looks like we're of two minds on this movie. Um, yeah. and that's cool. You know, mm. I, um, you don't have to watch it again. It'll probably sure. be a number of years before, before I will. Right. Um, but it's I will definitely an, probably watch it again. It's not in every Christmas or every Fourth of July film for you. No, kind no, of thing. no. Yeah. But if I if I were to come across someone who who I knew was familiar with this liter like these characters, mm-hmm. um, but had not seen the movie, I would be like, oh wow, like I boy, have I got a treat for you? Sure. You know, and I think I think that's probably a big part of it, right? Like, if yeah. you have a lot of exposure to these characters, mm. um, this is probably a far different experience for you. Right. 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 Yeah. So, uh, do you have anything else? No, I think that that about covers it. Okay, zero to ten. Okay, let me scroll down. Sorry, I got my computer mouse. On a scale of zero to ten, I gave it a four point four out of ten. So on my scale, I think that actually is pretty accurate. It's in the, I would rent it. I wouldn't buy it on DVD, but I I definitely would put it higher than the, Hey, I guess if I'm at the cottage, there's no Wi-Fi and it's raining. Like it's not at that level. So it's in the, Hey, I would pay money to rent it, but definitely in your category, I don't need to watch it every year. I personally might not watch it again, but I might, um, on Marshall's scale, I give it a four. There were some things on it that I was almost a five, but I think I'm probably a four out of ten. You know, it's not a bad film, but like I said, it, with the concept of, hey, turn of the century ensemble or turn of the century kind of wars looming, there's other films that I like more. As far as ensemble, which I think you make the point, it's more applicable to talk about ensemble. I think there's more rich ensemble, even if it's Marvel films that kind of have a more richer character kind of weaving throughout that, that maintains my interest a bit more at times. So sure. not a bad film. And as I said, there's some key story points that I do find interesting and the nostalgic part of it. So I, I don't hate on this film, but it didn't win my heart. Right. Okay. 
Okay. What did you give it out of 10? Uh, out of 10, I give this a 7.8. Oh, wow. That's respectable yeah. on a scale of 10. I do think it's really good, man. Um, okay. Okay. You know, yeah. Are there moments where I'm like, oh, the story's a little repetitive or like maybe the flow's not quite there? Uh, yeah, sort of. Um, there's just so many great moments in it, though. Like even, you know, even just when when Captain Nemo's lying and he's like, I call it an automobile. And you're right. like, ooh, cool. This is 1899. This is like, not right. only is this like a, the first car, but this car is like bougie as shit. This thing is like, <laughs> like really this, car, ni- this is a crazy car. Like this car in 1984 would still probably kick some ass, but even like at yeah, 1899, yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah. Yeah. Like when he's done with this car, he passes it on to Corella DeVille. Like it's, <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. So 7.8. That's okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. What'd you watch this week? I'm trying to remember. I always have an issue. I think, like, I mean, I watch the Wiggles every week, but I think the only thing respectable worth talking about is I think I watched one film and I think it was called Dig. It was on Netflix, starred one of my top 10 actors, Ralph Fiennes. Um, it's relatively new, or at least I've only started hearing about it recently of other people watching it. Um, it was decent. I'm not sure if I'd recommend it. It's it's just this uh, slightly true biographical film about this archaeologist digger guy who starts digging on these mysterious dirt hills in England near, near World War II. And it was interesting. I, I think the film, from a character perspective, maybe bit off more than it could true i think it was just trying to do too much you know with like historical films i think sometimes you try and add some character depth whether it's true or fictitious and it's just to give some dimension and this film i think tried to do that but it did it i think with too many of characters like not only the main ones but some peripheral ones so i'm not giving anything away by saying that but i think there was just some things that it was just trying to cover that maybe took away from there was only so much screen time that you could give. And I think there was just some stuff that was, you just pick what you want to do, stay in your lane and pick two out of these three things. Don't do all three, do two things. Well, versus skimming over three. That's kind of what I'm talking about. So not a bad film, interesting, but I think it could have been a bit more impactful or profound if, if it had just kind of hedged its bets and said, let's, let's focus on these characters, make them interesting. And then, will kind of relate it to this underlying true story. So. Cool. Yeah. What did you watch this week? Not a damn thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Which I think That's is cool. the first time I've said that since we started I, this show. I honestly. Coming up on two years ago. Yeah. Which, which as a side note is kind of wild. Yeah. Also fun that, um, so we're already talking about episode 150. <laughs> yes. And I'm pretty sure episode 150 is going to correspond pretty much dead on with the two-year anniversary. That's some wild... Uh, uh, wow. It's going to be some hooting and hollering. It's also, it's also wild. So that's wild. And it's like... Un- 
it's just kind of landing on that naturally, so it's not derived. But it's also interesting that our 125th episode was also a, like a special episode where we had Marshall on the show. So all these kind of random things are kind of aligning. So it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, can I wrap this up? I don't. I, I never wrap it up. Can I? I want you to wrap it up. Can I say can one I, thing I, before I, you wrap it up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to give some overdue shout outs to our Patreons who support us at a certain level and above. I want to give a shout out to Marshall. I want to give a shout out to Daphne. I want to give a shout out to Brenna. Thank you for being a tier three or above patron. We appreciate all your support. We appreciate all our patron support. And this shout out is for you. Thanks, guys. Also, comment down below wherever you may be subscribe <laughs> to us if you're not already subscribed to us on whatever service or platform you're listening to us on do it. subscribe most most of these platforms give you the option to like when we release an episode it will just download it for you and you already have it you don't have to think twice about it your phone will just be like hey look i did a thing and you'll be like great <laughs> uh, but yeah facebook uh twitter instagram patreon patreon can i talk about patreon for a second Please. So here's the thing. We're in the process of trying to upgrade the show. Uh, and I'm just gonna, I'm going to be candid about it. It's 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 going to be like $1000 worth of upgrades. Mm. Um but they're upgrades that are going to allow us to have guests who sound better. <laughs> um like from a mic standpoint, not like yeah. a, you know. Not like oh just you know nicer voices. No, no, no. Um, it's going to allow us to do that. It's going to allow us to just streamline our show immensely. Um, and, uh, which will just kind of ensure the longevity of the show really sure. is, is kind of, um, you know, is kind of the angle that we're coming at it from. Um, but we can't do it without your help, without your support. Pete has a family. I have textbooks, um, and therefore, neither of us have a whole lot of spending money. Um, and everything that you guys give to us through Patreon goes immediately back into the show. I have not bought one Snickers or Mars bar um, <laughs> with the Patreon money. In fact, we've never even, uh, we've never, we haven't made a withdrawal from our Patreon account. It's sitting there. We're trying to accumulate so that... Um, so that we can we can do these upgrades um, and potentially do some fun future stuff with video episodes, video shows and stuff like that. Um, and so, yeah, you know, if you can help us out, uh, that would be huge. You know, buck a month, buck a month goes such a long way. Um, and then there are other options from there, depending on how much you like our show. But a buck a month would be super, super, super awesome. Um, so please, please give it a, you know, a consideration. I just, again, I want to thank you for listening. Um, whether you're listening because you're related to us and you feel obligated or, <laughs> or they're playing us through the PA system at work, which is weird. I, if, if that's happening, please contact us and let us know. <laughs> we will contact the authorities for you. Or if you're just listening because, you know, that's, that's the best way for you to fall asleep. If for some sick, sadistic, twisted reason, you should probably talk to a professional about you find our voices comforting. Then, um, then thank you for listening. 
It means it means the world to Pete and me and me, mm. but also Pete. <laughs>